0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Friday, April 8th, 2022. Imagine being 85 years old. Imagine what you will be like at 85 years old. Now, some of you may be thinking, "Am I even going to make it that long?" And if you look at the average life expectancy, uh, you're going to realize no, a lot of us aren't even going to make it that old. And what would your body be like at that point in time? How active you are you going to be physically? And most importantly, what is your faith going to be like when you are 85? Uh, will it be the strongest it's ever been? Well, today I want us to meet an 85 year old that is an incredible example of faith. And that is Caleb. And as we look at the story of Caleb, I distinctly remember this just being one of the things that stood out to me most last year, reading through the Bible. And I remember looking at the example of 85 year old Caleb and thinking to myself, man, I want to be like Caleb when I grow up, right? When I'm 85 years old, I want to be like him. So let's open up our Bibles to uh, Joshua chapter 14. We'll be looking at chapters 14 through 16 today, but mainly looking at his example in chapter 14. Now, some context. Remember, back in Numbers, 12 guys go to spy out the land for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, When they come back, two of them, Joshua and Caleb... Give a good report. Hey, let's go do this. God is with us. We can get this done. But the other 10 say, no, the the cities are too fortified. The people are too big. And who wins that debate? Well, the 10 bad, unfaithful spies and the nation rebels. And that is what causes them to then wander for 40 years in the wilderness. So all the males that are numbered at the beginning of the book of Numbers will die except for Joshua and Caleb. Well, now we have come in to uh, the, the the promised land. They, they've uh, completed the main parts of the conquest, and now they're dividing up the land amongst the 12 tribes. And as they get to Judah, well, Caleb, he is a part of the tribe of Judah, and he comes and he says, "'You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God in Kadesh Barnea concerning you and me?' I was forty years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God." And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said, these 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now behold, I am this day 85 years old. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then for war, for going, and for coming." Now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim were there. With great fortified cities, it may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. So you see, at age 85, he's saying, hey, give me my inheritance, give me what God promised me. But there's so much about this that I want to make sure that you catch, uh, because it's actually pretty amazing, right? When he says, give me this hill country, and he talks about the Anakim being there. Well, who were the Anakim? Well, actually, if you go back to those chapters, uh, Numbers 13 and 14, where the 10 spies say, no, we can't do this. One of the reasons that they give is, hey, we've seen the land and the descendants of Anak are there. That's the Anakim. And why, apparently these were big, scary dudes. Potentially even giants. Think of, you know, Goliath, right? Potentially a similar deal there. These were big, scary, mighty guys that the, the 10 spies in Numbers said, yeah, we can't defeat them. We can't defeat their fortified cities. And here we are, 45 years later, Caleb, who was 40 years old, is now 85 years old. And now he's saying, man, remember those big scary guys that those 10 guys said we couldn't get? Hey, give me the hill country where they live. I'm going to go clear them out, right? Now maybe you can see why I say, I want to be like Caleb when I'm 85 years old. Because he's looking at what the biggest challenge is, what scared off everybody else 45 years ago. And now he's saying, okay, finally. I'm going to go do what those guys said we couldn't do, and I'm going to do it because God said we could do it, right? That You see his faith. At 85, he's still looking for a challenge. He's still running towards what other people were running away from. Man, don't you want to be like Caleb when you're 85 years old? To have that kind of faith that's still running into the fight, running into the challenges that other people are afraid of? Uh, that, that is... I think something that we should all aspire to. And again, notice how he gets there. I mean, ultimately, he gets there through faith in the promises of God. Notice the last phrase there in verse 12. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. And that's where, you know, we say, well, how do we get to be like Caleb eventually? I think it comes down to, well, what are we doing right now? Are we following God right now and... On top of that, are we, you know, building our faith in the promises of God? And even just as we think about that, I mean, think about just the, Caleb's body at this point. You know, he says his strength was the same, but, you know, being 85 is, is no picnic. Um, but also think about just the wear and tear on his soul over those 45 years. I mean, maybe you think about the last few years of your life and even just, It does seem like our world has just been exceptionally crazy these last few years, and there's a way that wears on your soul. Well, he had seen now for the last 40 years, right, he wandered through the wilderness and watched all of his contemporaries except for one die, right? All the guys that he grew up with, they all died wandering around in the wilderness except for Joshua. So he has seen all of that. Imagine the wear and tear that puts on your soul. And at the end of all that, he's not like, well, we made it to the promised land. I can die now. No, he's saying, hey, go give me those mountains and I'm going to go drive out the giants, right? He's not worn out in his soul. His faith is stronger than ever. Why? Well, it seems that instead of brooding in anger or bitterness or frustration for 45 years, he has been building his faith in the promises of God. And so that's what we all need to be doing right here, right now, today, if we want to be someday like uh, Caleb when we're 85 years old. And even maybe you're 85 years old right now or older than that. Still, this is the kind of faith that we should all aspire to. And I find it interesting next in chapter 15, we see Caleb seeking to uh, really pass on that faith. You know, he talks about this city. Hey, you want to marry my daughter? Show me that you've got this kind of faith that you're going to go out and conquer. And this guy named Othniel uh, captures it and gets Uh, This daughter as his wife, and you see even the boldness of the daughter urging her new husband to ask her father for a field, right? I mean, this was a family of faith. Not just faith in what they had, but that they were passing on to future generations. So especially if you are 85 years old, how are you passing on this kind of faith towards future generations? And then what we see here in chapters 15 and 16 and what we'll see in some of the continuing chapters is now they're dividing the land. They're dividing the land between the 12 tribes, and we see that for Judah and Ephraim and Manasseh today in our reading. And we'll see more tribes to come, but now that the main part of the conquest has been completed, so now they're dividing up this conquered land. But we see there's still land that's yet to be conquered and people yet to be driven out. And you see Caleb leading the charge, setting an example for all of us. Now, let's move to the New Testament today, and uh, we'll look at Matthew twenty one through 19, Mark 10, 32 through 34, and Luke 18, 31 through 34. Now, Matthew 20 gives us something unique in those Three passages, the laborers in the vineyard, the story where this master goes at three different times to find these laborers, you know, at the beginning of the day, the middle of the day, and even at close to the end of the day. And at the at the end of the day, when it comes time to pay them, he gives them all the same. And the the first uh, group is like, "What? that's not fair. Uh, and he says no didn't i tell you i'd pay you a denarius i i was fair to you i kept our agreement uh, don't begrudge my generosity uh, towards others that's what you see there in verse 15 am i not allowed to do what i choose with what belongs to me or do you begrudge my generosity so the last will be first and the first last now remember parables usually have one point the bible does say a lot we've even saw it the rich young ruler, there are rewards in heaven, and we get the sense that they are not all necessarily equal, but that's not the point of this parable. The point is, don't begrudge God's generosity. And there is a point that, you know, the person that's followed Christ from age four and is still going strong for Christ at age 85, kind of like Caleb well, you know what, they're going to be in heaven just like the 85-year-old that lived like a rotten sinner for all 85 of those years and then on their deathbed puts their faith in Christ. What we do see, hey, God— is so generous and so gracious. And his warning here is, hey, I don't want you to begrudge that generosity. And so we should desire the salvation of others. Even when others have uh, done awful things, if they get saved, we should praise God for that instead of complain. And even when we see God blessing someone else, when we feel like they deserve it not as much as we do, well, let's not begrudge God his generosity. Now, the other thing that's in all three of those Gospels that we're reading from is Jesus foretelling his death again. Uh, And even in Luke 18, 31, you see how he phrases it. See, we are going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. And he talks about what that is, being handed over to the Gentiles, being mocked, flogging, being killed, and rising again. And just notice, I love how it says that in Luke, you know, so that everything written about the Son of Man by the prophets. He's pointing to the Old Testament. He is pointing to the words of the prophets and how he is going to fulfill them. However, we still see at this time the disciples do not understand. But I hope we understand and see there even how Jesus is pointing towards the fulfillment of prophecy. God is doing exactly what he said he would do. God keeps his promises and it's that confidence that God keeps his promises that should enable us to have faith and even enable us to grow in our faith so that as we grow older our faith grows stronger and hopefully we all look a little more like Caleb and mostly more like Jesus Christ when we grow up.